0: Uh, welcome to another episode of shenanigans with Shoop and Shaul. Mr. Adam, I hope you're not too hungover from your 4th of July party. A little bit, a little bit, and kept it going today. I went golfing, had a few then too, so you know, little hair of the dog. Now that's what we love to hear. Anyway, I'm your host, Kyle Shanahanigan, with with Mr. <laughs> Shaul, who Still remains nicknamed list to this point, but you know what? You know who d- doesn't need a nickname? The best player in the NFL right now, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Yes, we are talking about the AFC West. Last season's most hyped up division in years, which fell flat on its face, except for one team, of course, the Super Bowl champions. Of course. But the rest of the division came quite short. So, We're going to delve into what the expectations are for these other teams going into the season. How are they going to rebound? What are their specific challenges and all that? But let's start with the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes and Reed did again. For all your years of watching the NFL, what makes Mahomes and Reed such a dominant combo? I mean, I think
1: that it's Reed just has always changing his offense. I mean, he's always looking for something different. He's always looking for different angles. You know, you get kind of the lazy explanation that he just passes all the time, and you know, he's not a big running, the, running the ball. But I mean, he's always changing things up. There's no way that they keep getting new wide receivers, and these wide receivers just get open on their own. Um, Mahomes listen as part of it but again i mean he was a three-star recruit in college he nobody saw him being picked you know when he, where he did and the guy reed you got to give a lot of props to Reed. not saying mahomes isn't there not saying it's not all on Mahomes. somebody still's got to bake the cake you know so um but i, I definitely think reed had his, you know, had his chances with his previous quarterbacks, and and now he's got the boy, the wonder boy, to do it.
0: Well, what was remarkable about last year is the criticism going into that year was, well, he just lost one of his best weapons in Tyree Kill, and they replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not that. So they're just going to cover double cover Kelsey, and Chiefs are going to have a hard time on offense. That didn't happen whatsoever. He spread the ball around to all his receivers. And the the Kadarius Tony acquisition helped greatly going into the Super Bowl run that they had. So now they get rid of Juju, and now they're they have Tony for a full season. And they have Richie James, who they signed over for the Giants, who's no world beater, but very reliable slot receiver. So I don't think anyone's questioning this time around whether Mahomes can make plays through his receivers. But is there any flaws on this Kansas City team that could potentially be their downfall this year?
1: I mean, I think the offensive line, you know, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, is a big loss, but they they replace him with Juant uh, Taylor. And, I mean, they just got to get meshed. And then, I mean, the only thing I really think that's going to hurt the Chiefs are injuries. And I don't know how how deep their their line is. You know, that would be my one concern. I felt like that was... A weakness going into last season and the season before that. (laughs) It's and uh, but you know, between that and rushing the passer, but I think with their draft pick, a new Deke Uzman, the guy from LSU who's gonna love being there, uh, I think that they're not too far off. I mean, they're pretty much the same team, barring that ankle injury to Mahomes, you know, that ankle uh, holding out. I mean, I think that's few small little things that can happen to any team, you
0: know? Yeah. Well, well, what I'm looking for this year. So first off the offensive line, they, another guy that got is Donovan Smith. So he's supposed to be starting at left tackle in place of Orlando Brown. So he's, he's in his upper thirties. He's been on the bucks for a number of years now. So can he keep up that play that he had been keeping up all these years? Is one question. The other question is the pass rush. Pass rush. So you mentioned the rookie, Whose name I'm I can barely say too, so don't worry. Um, but their second year guy, George Karloftis, he has a very slow start last year, really had a nice stretch, got five and a half sacks in his final, final seven games. If he can keep that up going into this year, well, then the pass rush issues that they had because of the decline of Frank Clark, who's no longer on the team will be will be a race. You know, their secondary has some nice young players. Nick Bolton's very good at linebacker. At the end of the day, there's nothing that will stop the Chiefs from getting to another Super Bowl besides maybe a Joe Burrow or a Josh Allen. Yeah, and
1: I mean, they didn't get plundered either for all these Super Bowl years. So, so many teams get plundered after, you know, these big wins and playoff runs and they seem to rebuild really, really nicely, you know, so it's going to be hard to to see anything them falling off, even if, let's say, yeah, Mahomes misses three to five games. I, I still don't have them anywhere even close to, to the Chiefs' records, even if they were to lose some from, from an injury loss.
0: Yeah, no, I, I certainly see that. And Blaine Gabbert, he's, he's no franchise quarterback, but he's more capable of – stepping in and winning a few games if they need to. Absolutely for for yeah, definitely. He's he's capable to to man this team. Yes, yeah, so we all know Chiefs are going to win a ton of games this year. They'll probably make the playoffs. They'll probably make a deep run. These other three teams in the AFC West. So as we talked about in the intro, there's a lot of hype going into this division last year. Could this division have four playoff teams? Well it turned out that two of them failed spectacularly, and the other one blew a 25-point lead in the playoffs, crashed and burned. We're going to talk about that team first. The former San Diego Chargers, now LA Chargers, whose fans haven't quite got the memo yet that they moved because still no fans show up to their games, have a lot of <laughs> excitement on their team. I mean, Justin Herbert, what what has been said about him? If it great offensive playmakers. Austin Eckler is one of the most fun guys in the league, but the chargers just seem to have this sort of choking syndrome that just goes on year after year. Like what, what do the chargers need to do to finally get over that hump and take that next step to make a deep playoff run, get a new coach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Andy Reed. Well, I mean, I listen, I think the chargers head coach, uh, what is it? Staley is, uh, is a great offensive mind. I'm sure he calls plays, you know, really, really well, but this team you're right has, has a choking bug. And I don't think it's a bug. I think it's their coach. And I think that, uh, you know, nothing, nothing bad against the guy. I just don't like his play calling. Um, I remember him uh, against the Ravens and the Ravens last year matched an offense all the way back to back. Uh, It might've been two years ago, actually. Yeah, it was two years ago. It was in Baltimore. And all of a sudden he just couldn't keep score. And the Ravens were doing the same thing to him that he does to everybody else. These easy passes, short passes, yards after the catch. And all of a sudden they couldn't make any adjustment at halftime on the defensive end. The, off the Ravens defense had, you know, this little dink and dunk, whatever you want to call it, fast paced offense, just dialed in. Like they knew what place we're going to be called. And I just didn't see any change in his play calling or his habits. And I just think that, you know, I think he's an offensive coordinator and not a head coach. In my opinion, I think Herbert's actually played better than I expected. Um, I do think he's up for a max contract. I do think that he isn't just numbers. Um, I think, think that he's the real deal. Um, he just unfortunately hasn't had the lightning in the bottle, like, uh, you know, the bangles and, and some other, you know, Josh Allen with the, uh, with Buffalo, you know, it's just not, not there. And I really just think the whole team, unfortunately he's the head coach and the whole team's got his DNA on it all over them. So that's my humble opinion, but You know, I think, I think they're built well. I mean, I love their wide receivers with uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And now they got, you know, the big body Quentin Jefferson in the draft. I mean, they might as well have a basketball team lining up on the outside, ready to dunk the ball. So, I mean, they're fun to watch, but the NFL isn't just about putting up points. A, you got to stop somebody or B somebody's going to put up more points than you. That's just that simple. And that's what happens to them in those games. They don't, They put up a whole bunch of points, 25 point lead, and then they lose it or they're just not that that great, to be honest with you, in my opinion. Now, Mm -hmm. I do have the number two team in the finishing in the division, and they're definitely the, you know, could give the Broncos a run for their money when they get everything going. But again, I think they also have an early bye week in week four and I worry mentally for a mentally strong team, that's a really early bye week too. So that would be something
0: that I'd be concerned with. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the Chargers are one of the more injury-prone teams in the league, it seems like. You really hit the nail on the head with the uh, Brandon Staley criticism. He single-handedly lost them that Jaguars game, but it goes back a week before. So they're playing their guaranteed playoff spot at this point. It's a 4 o'clock slate. They're playing the Broncos out of playoff contention. Brandon Staley decides to ride his stars out for a little bit longer in that game. And Mike Williams ends up getting hurt, which is it's, it's a big part of their offense. So that hurts. But they have depth. So I guess they can overcome it. In that Jaguars game, while they maintained like a 25 point lead, it was one of their either their second or third receiver sustained an injury, had to come out of the game. They had to put their their fifth-string receiver in, who was like, by PFF, Michael Bandy. He was like one of the worst receivers in the NFL period that season and struggled to get open. And Chargers couldn't muster the same offense that they were before. Trevor Lawrence stopped making mistakes and the Jaguars won that game. If, if Brandon Staley just benches his guys, says, let's get ready for next week, we could be talking about a totally different story right now. So he should have been fired at the end of last season. Honestly, they made Joe Lombardi the scapegoat, but the this Chargers team, they from the moves that they made this off season by only signing one guy, makes me think that they know that they have the talent on this team and that they're ready to to go in again and looking at the acquisitions they made the previous year on, on defense, you know, adding Khalil Mack, adding JC Jackson, who is coming off a serious knee injury, but should be back this year. Uh, Derwin James is still elite in the secondary. And then their offense full of playmakers. There's a lot to like about this team and definitely a fun team to watch, but I don't know if they, they really didn't do anything this off season to, Put themselves over that hump that they need to, especially to try to win a division. I think they're just kind of banking on Justin Herbert takes this next step into Patrick Mahome's like territory where he he can just win games on his own. um that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from this team, like that's a good that's a I think you hit the nail
1: on the coffee. I mean on the right on the head, and I think that in this league there's so much film and there's so much film study and if you're not changing stuff around and you don't you know go get new pieces and new shiny toys and you want to be the difference between getting into the playoffs and actually making a deep run to get into the Super Bowl I just you got to do something a little different and like I said I think on paper it makes sense I think everything they go down to. I think Staley's a numbers guy too. He's a stats kit guy too. And I think he looks at things like it's just baseball cards or football cards, you know? And I don't really think that anybody on that team has an it factor. I mean, I think Herbert's coming out of his shell, but they need some other, like something else to take him over. I mean, they got him on defense last year with the, like you said, those acquisitions, but that was last year, man. This is not a forgiving league that, you know, you can bank on. Oh, here's some continuity with, I already said it, my coach that I don't think is the best at that. Anyway, so, I mean, I think he's banking on himself. I think Staley's also thinking he's got it all made. And if they didn't have this injury or didn't have that injury, like I said, I mean, you, you, a couple of games are different from injury, but everybody has injuries, man. Everybody does. You need to have a guy, you know, Sitting in the background, sitting on your practice squad that might not have the best hands, but runs a four-three that you can come in and you know, when you have to have your fifth wide receiver, you don't have a junky guy just sitting there that you know what I'm saying? He might not be able to get open every time, but he can definitely take the top off of the defense and change a game, making a few things. And he just doesn't seem to have that that type of thought process to looking at players different than I think the numbers and the stats and the height and the hands and all that stuff. But I mean, he didn't really, Herbert didn't have break hands though. I mean, wasn't the biggest, I mean, he put a bunch of numbers, but I don't know. I might be talking out of my ass with the stats thing, but I just think that this team needs something else. I think they're definitely second place in this division. I think they definitely get highly, Likely they get into the playoffs, but I think all three of these teams could be eight and eight, you know, nine and seven and, you know, limp into the playoffs basically. I mean, I have all three of these teams basically up for grabs with the Chargers, just liking them more with their star appeal.
0: Let's talk about those other two teams and the Broncos were one of those teams, one of the most hyped teams in the NFL last year. Russell Wilson was the big acquisition. The year before that, they had tons of young players and won a, a handful of games. And everyone was saying they're a quarterback away with all their young defensive guys, talent on the offense. All I need is just a quarterback, throw them in there, problem solved. And it failed so spectacularly. That it was awesome it It just <laughs> almost seemed like every Broncos game was just one comedy reel after the other, whether it was Russ, whether it was the coach making stupid decisions with like clock management, with Russ making bad throws and looking like he's allergic to throwing the ball, with receivers dropping passes, with the O line playing like garbage. I mean, the Broncos have nowhere to go but up from here, but the big news is off season. Maybe in the entire EFC West, was them hiring Sean Payton, pointing him from the Saints. Where do you think, what kind of impact do you think Sean Payton will have on this team?
1: You know, I think he's got a track record. Everybody likes Sean Payton, everybody talks about how smart he is and, and everything he's done. And we all know all the, the hype and he, you know, Jerry, everybody thought he was gonna to go to the Cowboys with Jerry Jones and this and that. But at the end of the day, uh he's got a big job to do. And I'm a huge Sean Payton fan. I mean, I I think the world of him, and I think he is a really good coach, and and those coaches who just know it and have it, have it it factor and just have the feel for the game, have the feel for leadership, have the you know all the – he knows all the ins and outs of everybody's job, everything that's going on. Do I think – my pr- problem is I'm not a Russell Wilson fan, man. I just think that uh he's hit a wall. I don't feel like he's got the arm to do what Drew Brees – I don't think he's got – true. I mean, everybody talked about Drew B- Brees's arm strength. I think he's got, you know, similar – things to the knocks on drew Brees, and he resurrected his career but i don't think he's gonna do for some reason i just don't feel like it but i've been watching russ since he was at wisconsin and i don't know i just i don't think he's i didn't really like him in seattle i thought you know you didn't like him at
0: all in seattle
1: i mean i i thought they were good but i never thought he was you know he was that good he didn't make me like it he always got a lot of hype for what I thought was a very good game manager. I thought he always had good receivers. He had good coaching. He had a good defense. He had a good crowd. I always thought he had it really, I don't want to say easy. Cause no quarterback has it easy, but I just felt like that situation in Seattle, they always made it good for him. And whenever it wasn't good, they still finished eight and eight or, or 10 and you know, eight, whatever it is. And, uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's the same thing. I think Sean going to be rebuilding. I think Russ is going to be angry. He's going to be a prima Donna and they're not going to, they're going to win a few more games. I think they're going to do better than the Raiders. I hate <laughs> that the coach there. So McDonald, you know, or whatever his name is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think they're going to be surprised and they're going to go, you know, they're going to win more games than they did last year for sure. I think they could easily win nine games. Don't get me wrong. I think Denver could definitely do it because of all those things that, you know, because Peyton can take what's in the cupboard and make a good stew until he's ready to really put his stamp on it. But they're going to have to rebuild. There's no question about it
0: broncos this year are one of the more intriguing teams to me so last year they failed spectacularly and there's just a whole host of reasons I kind of glossed over it in the beginning the coaching was absolutely horrendous uh i, I remember nathaniel hackett couldn't hack it couldn't hack it whatsoever he just, he needed, he didn't know basic clock management, which was bad enough, but he wasn't very inventive with the ways that he got his very talented receiving and running back crew the ball. It was very predictable. It was a lot of, you know, hitches, a lot of like early runs, you know, they get themselves in the third and 13 way too often. But another thing that, and maybe the main reason why I struggled last year Once Garrett Bowles went down in week five with a broken leg, the offensive line was probably the worst in the league. They were like Russ was just getting pounded game after game. It was just it was just impossible for him to find his receivers. Now towards the end of the season, Russ started to play a little more loose and he had some really good offensive outputs. And now this offseason, they made a couple additions to their O-line. They added Mike McGlinchey to right tackle from San Francisco. Exceptional upgrade. Ben Powers at guard. He's a solid starter, but way better than anything they had. And then, of course, Garrett Bowles is coming back at left tackle, replacing the putrid turnstile Calvin Anderson was. Those three new offensive linemen will be a huge boost. And in addition to what should be a much more, much better offensive system you know, the, the receivers are still there. Jerry, Judy, we've been waiting for that breakout year. It's coming any season now. It could be this year. Cortland Sutton's still pretty good. And Greg Dulcich had a really good rookie season. He could be even better this year. Combine that with the fact that they have some studs in their defense. You got Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons in that secondary. Two of the best at their position. Their linebackers are pretty good with uh, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton. They added Frank Clark from the Chiefs. There's a lot to like with this team. They have the pieces, and now they have a coach who's been to that next level before. The Broncos are one of those teams. I think they're kind of like the Cleveland Browns, in which they have a very wide range of wins they could get to. But I think there'll be more people writing the Broncos off again and just dismissing them as, yeah, they're they're done for. I think they could surpass a lot of expectations this year, and I would not be surprised if they finished like 11-6, and six, finished second in the division over the Chargers. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a huge uh, leap. And
1: I think the likelihood of the Broncos surprisingly succeeding is more likely than or just as likely as the Chargers choking. <laughs> I'll say that, you know. And the chart if for as much luck or whatever you want to call it with Sean Payton's, you know, magic on there, he- they definitely could rise to the occasion just as much as Staley and the chargers can mess it up, you know, and they could easily flip flop and in- to be second in the division. Do they challenge the, the chiefs? I don't think so. Um, do they challenge this year? I mean, I I personally think there he's going to rebuild them. I think Peyton is going to change that while keeping them relevant. But I just don't know. I think he came to the to the Broncos because they have pieces, a skeleton. But I also and they gave up a ton to get Wilson, so it's not like he's got a lot of draft capital. So I mean, he must seem see something there that i don't you know so i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's the professional (laughs) and uh so yeah i mean if you you sounded you said a lot of good stuff right through all there and i wouldn't be shocked again it's the preseason baby the games haven't been played, played no injuries and you know i would i'm more high on the broncos than any other of the three you know.
0: You know, not including the
1: Chiefs, of course.
0: Yes. You know, my final point on the Broncos and more specifically Russ Wilson. He's gotta be feeling pissed. The whole he he was embarrassed last year. You know, star of the Broncos Country Let's Ride memes and all the reports about him having his own office and basically being treated like he was above the rest of the team. Yeah, they really shit on him. They they shit on him. They shit on him big time. (laughs) He had to have been hearing all that. You know, he watches his division rival go win a Super Bowl. If Russ doesn't come this season with He's done, he's over. Yeah, he's over. He has to. He's gotta come in with his utmost energy, that sort of underdog energy that propelled him to two Super Bowls in his first couple years in Seattle. Obviously, he had a great defense back then. But you got to admit, he made big plays when it counted. He hasn't been using his legs anymore, but so what? He's he's in his 30s. That was kind of expected. He's not going to be the runner he used to be. He's there for his leadership and his experience in big games. If he can't guide this team with an experienced head coach by his side, there is no saving him. They might as well cut him after the season. It's make or break time for Russell Wilson. It really is,
1: and you think you'd think Peyton went into this knowing that the second isn't going to happen. I mean, I don't think Sean Payton's, but I also think Sean Payton's crazy. And if Russ doesn't play to where he wants him to, he'll cut him like you said, and he'll just start over and
0: uh, won't 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 uh, blink an eye at it. So, yeah, well. We got a lot to say about the Broncos, but we got one more team in the division. And uh, this is a team that I'm quite down on this year. It's it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders loaded on offense. They, they could have used, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers offseason. They get Jimmy Garoppolo. And then it turns out Garoppolo is still dealing with the injury that he suffered last year. Now reports are like it's that as of now it looks like he's going to play, but it's no guarantee. What what the hell do we think about the Raiders? What can they do to make a playoff run? Uh what can they do to make a
1: playoff run? Everybody's gotta just play the lot win it lottery and win it at the same time. They all yep. have to go to the <laughs> to the convenience store and buy a bunch of lottery tickets. And come in and play like they all just won the lottery and really play loose and together like they got nothing to lose and if they come in with that old Raiders attitude like that where they're just taking people's heads off and just playing insane out of their mind but If they come in and they think they're going to be, you know, McDonald's, whatever, is going to be like the next Bill Parcells and regiment everything and run this team so tightly wound, like, you know, um, it's just not going to happen. And so, listen, I like Garoppolo. I think he throws a good ball. But if they didn't know he was injured or possibly still injured or is an injury concern – I don't know why the fuck they signed him, to be honest with you. I mean, they got a good deal. It's like going to the grocery store and being like, oh, that chuck roast is on sale. It's like 50% off and it's on its expiration date. But, you know, I can cook it this week and then you leave it in the fridge and you still think you can eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Been there. (laughs) And it's just like you knew what you got, man, in Garoppolo. And uh, I just don't think. I mean, listen, I love who they got at number seven in that defensive line, and Tyree Wilson to go with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I think they have pieces. They had a big loss with Darren Waller, um, but yeah. I mean, do I think they're going to finish like the Broncos did last year? No. I mean, I think they're a seven, eight game you know winning team. I think that, um, but they really—they got to change something, man. They can't just be doing these trick plays and these wheel plays and just these little things that everybody sniffs out and everybody's expecting. They got to go over the middle and just take the hit and get up and do it again. They got to just, you know, do something a little bit different than their gimmicky plays and their use that run game. They need to
0: use that run game. Use
1: that run game, exactly. But, I mean, everybody knows what's coming with these stupid gadget plays, you know? And I watched Derek Carr just – he's not a bad quarterback. But, man, for a quarterback that's just an average quarterback, it's too much for them to handle. And Garoppolo is just an average quarterback, man. If they think he's got this West Coast magic for six games – I got you Got him for six games. Yeah. Healthy or not healthy? Even when he's healthy, he puts up some duds, dude. Mm-hmm. Even when he's healthy, you got pit- him for a good six wins. If you're counting on Garoppolo, it's six wins. That's what
0: he's got you. That's probably six games that most he's going to play. Listen, uh, I'll break down to you real quick because we got like about six minutes left. But uh, real quick, why the Raiders might be one of the worst teams in the league this year. So everyone's gonna look at the Raiders and see Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and think, oh, this team can compete with any team. There's so many more problems. This offensive line might be among one of the worst in the league. All they did is subtract this offseason. The this the interior is pitiful. Um uh, they should have taken Paris Johnson, but they took Tyree Wilson instead, which he could be a very good player, but he's raw and anyway the raiders uh, run the defense last year was pretty pitiful it's not going to one guy is not going to fix it right away uh they they haven't the raiders haven't had good corners in what seems like forever since the namdi asana days i hope i said his name right but he the, the the raiders just can't cover anybody their defense is going to have major problems keeping up with the chargers trio of receivers the Chiefs' offense, and then the rest of the AFC. And that's the, really the big problem here. The AFC is loaded this year, and the, the Raiders don't have the luxury of playing the AFC South like the AFC North does. You know, they gotta go up and play against the AFC East. And I just don't see them. I don't see a lot of winnable games. And last but most important point is Josh McDaniels is still the head coach of this team. And this team... Whether you think Josh is Josh McDaniels' fault or not, what I saw last year was they don't play hard for him. They play no. hard for themselves. They don't play hard for Josh McDaniels. So I just don't... I I think as much as Staley's on the hot seat, I think McDaniels is big time on the hot seat. And the Raiders are in the most vulnerable position to have to go into an immediate rebuild. Yeah, right. no. I think they are. Yeah. Let's, uh before we cap things off, let's do a bull prediction. So what's one bull prediction you got in the AFC West for this upcoming year?
1: As much as uh, I think, as much as I shit on Stanley, I still think the Chargers are going to do something over the Broncos. I know everybody is going to sit on the Sean Payton bandwagon, but I think, the Chargers are going to put up some godly numbers on offense. And uh, and they're going to get it together. And uh, But they're still not going to make it
0: out of the playoffs. I mean, in, uh, out of the first round or second round. Yeah, no, I can definitely see it happening. I'm, I'm going to give get- a couple of predictions. So my, my first one is the Broncos double-digit wins, and they will make a wild card. And they'll beat the Chiefs in one out of two games this year. My ever bold prediction comes with the Chiefs and with George Karloftis. He had a nice stretch at the end of last year. I'm going to say he hits at least 11 sacks this year. I think he's got a breakout season in store for him with Frank Clark applying that pressure up the middle. I think Karloftis takes that next step and, and ZK Uzama, we will know how to say his name. That's my ever bold prediction. We will, we will know how to say his name by the end of next season.
1: I think he'll have at least three sacks minimum for a rookie and be in contention for rookie of the year. That would be my other prediction. The, the, the one who I can't say his name, I, I think for some reason they're going to, they have so many trouble getting to the quarterback and now, and they've been putting these old guys out there and they all been working their magic. And now they have a freaking rocket to send to the quarterback. And I think uh, I, I'm a big fan of their, their defense stepping it up in, in uh, Kansas city.
0: Yeah. And one last one, uh, Aiden O'Connell will, will play for the Raiders at some point. He will start for some, at some point for Raiders this season. It won't go well, but he will start. <laughs> All right. Uh, the AFC West, we are done with the AFC, which means, uh, thank you for, which means we're going to the NFC pretty soon, but thank you for tuning in up to this point. We've had a great time covering your favorite teams. Um if you're a fan of the show, I got a special episode with our with our boy Mr. Scroche tomorrow doing a first half of the NFL power rankings. Uh but if you are looking forward to more shenanigans, then tune in next week as we will discuss the NFC East. Oh, you get the grilling of the Giants this time. Get ready oh, for it. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I'm excited. excited. Excited for that one too. Anyway, Good good talking to all y'all. I'm Shoop. I'm sure. And get ready for more shenanigans next time. See you on the next episode. Peace.